What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Kimberly's Intentional Moment is brought to you by the Seika Network on Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night across the globe, or maybe even the universe. I think I've said this before on the show. Uh, my boyfriend and I have talked before about, you know, is there alien life or is there extraterrestrial life? And it's like, well, how could there not be? I mean, could we really be that arrogant as to think there's nothing else going on in all that space out there? Whether we can see it or not or understand it or not, that's a whole other story. But how could we be completely alone? That's just silly. Uh, Today's show, I'm excited about the show. And i I, got to tell you, first of all, this show has been in mind or been in play for quite some time. Um, And what I mean is is that even before I started the show, I was thinking about this as a piece I wanted to discuss, you know, in in some way, um, and the show seemed like a good place to do it. I just kept pushing it out, thinking it would be a really good one to do um, right at the holidays. Now, that's, I guess, a relative term, because some people would call Halloween a holiday, and, okay, I mean, I don't, I'm all about, you know, let's have every day be a holiday of some kind, but I meant, like, this season where, you know, school is going to be out because of those that practice Christmas and um, New Year's and Thanksgiving here in America. And so the reason I pushed it up actually was finalized yesterday um, because two things. Number one, I had a student in my class um, who... basically in her practice just really needed what I usually give for a homework practice for the second chakra. And um, chakras are wheels of energy in our bodies. They're all over our bodies. And there are seven main ones that go up the spine, and they all are significant to physical places as well as energetic um, and emotional. I mean, you name it. They're connected to all of it. And it was just good for her to do this second chakra stuff. So I, then I, it, it, it really dawned on me, you know, maybe I should get started on this even before Halloween because there's probably going to be more discussion about trusting your gut through the holiday and into the new year. And then also I've, I had a friend um, get in, a, he, was, he was in an accident and um, it's been a good month now since the accident. And... Um, I just I just found out that uh, he is still suffering from 
paralysis from the accident. Now starting to get some sensation back in his upper limbs, but um, I, I somehow I missed that that was happening, and it really hit me that I, I want to discuss the the sec, first, second, and third chakra sooner rather than later. And so you'll get that as we go into the show. If you're you're not familiar with chakras at all, you'll you'll begin to understand this more. But it just really it really hit home that like now's the time. So this show is coming sooner rather than later. And like I said, I would love for you to um, give me some feedback. You're welcome to call in as well. Um, the number is three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. But, I mean, even more so, like, think about this stuff and then write me at kimtalkradio at gmail.com. And we'll uh, do probably three or four more shows related to this. So, first what I'd like to do, and I think it would be um, the best way for us to enter into today's show and what it's about, to do a check-in. And we do this pretty often on the show. So if you haven't, you know, tuned into the show before now, it's it's probably good for you to just understand this happens. And it's because the reason why I like to do the check-in is that even if that's all you do from this day forward as your practice and you do it every day and maybe even more than once a day, but let's just say once a day, you, in a year you will notice quite a big difference. And um, and 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 I've done the show do something rather than nothing. I I pretty much say that I think in every show at some point because it it does matter. So first, what I'd like for you to do is whether you're standing, you're seated, whatever, and if it's possible, um, stop. And I want you to just begin to breathe deep. Breathe in through your nose, into your lungs, release your abs, and breathe as if you're filling your pelvis. So all the way to your sit bones, those two bony structures that when you sit on a bike seat after you know a long time away from riding a bike, that they get really sore. Breathe all the way to there, and as you exhale, tighten your belly towards your spine gently, and support your exhale through your lungs and out your nose. Abs stay taut as you begin the inhale and fill from collarbone all the way to pubic bone, releasing your abs. Exhale, gently tighten your abdominal muscles towards your spine once again. So now you're getting into your breath or you're getting into the sensation of, boy, I've never done this before and this is weird. Whatever that is, continue. Now I want you to just feel your feet, your legs, knees, toes, ankles, all the way up to your hip. Just really feel that space as you continue to breathe. In fact, you can breathe all the way to the tips of your toes. I just want you to notice what's happening in your feet, your legs. How are they feeling? Do they feel strong, easy, fluid, good? Are there places that feel achy, cranky, murky, weak? And there's indifference to this. You're just observing. It's 
this is what's going on. And then move up into your hips and your lower digestion. So basically from like your belly button down, right there in the center of your lower abdomen. So think about pubic bone and belly button and go about halfway between and then spread out from there. Just noticing how this place feels. For some of you, you don't know what this is supposed to feel like. You're feeling this for the first time or it feels like you're feeling this for the first time. And and that's that's pretty regular. I, I see that a lot. So just notice how you're feeling. Do you feel, you know, bloated? Do you feel easy here? Uh, maybe the breathing, you're starting to gurgle a little bit. Just what's going on? And then move up a little further, belly button up to like the 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 place that we call the solar plexus. So uh, if I tapped you there too hard, you it would knock the wind out of you. And I want you to feel around all around that place, or not feel, but notice that space. So you're feeling basically your upper abdomen. Continuing to breathe that active breath. And now I just want you to take a moment, taking a few more deep breaths. Remember, you're breathing all the time. As often as you can remember, consciously breathe. And just spend a few moments reflecting on what you've just observed. So just reflect on how did you feel in your feet and your legs, knees, ankles, toes, all that very lower body. And then how did you feel when you were checking in with your, essentially your gut? Um, you know, so you're noticing the place that's halfway between your navel and pubic bone, and your hips, you're noticing hips, glutes, all of that. And then reflect on what you felt in your belly, your upper gut, your upper abdomen, tor not torso, upper abdomen. And I, I just wouldn't mind if you wrote it down. You could write it down. If you have a journal, go ahead and write it down. These are things that can actually help you in the future, if not now. They can help you in the future because you can go back and you can read this. And I do recommend going back to your journal. And remember, your journal's for you, so it might be a list. It might be just very shorthand. It might be numbers. It might be drawings. Whatever it is. But go back and check it out now and again. And you can go way back and check it out, or you could just go you know, back a year and check it out. You might be surprised at some of the stuff that you were purging or some of the stuff that you felt you just had to write down can help you a lot today. And uh, even in, you know, doing what I will give as the second chakra homework. Um, and when I get there, it'll make more sense. But when I give you that, you'll really understand how this can help you. So you've checked in with essentially from your solar plexus all the way to your toes. I do want you to take just a moment and notice the rest of your body. Just notice places that feel good and strong and places that, you know, you need to maybe do a practice or pay attention to so that you 
Um, don't overdo it. Move too far. Hurt yourself. And then let's start to talk about your gut. So um, I'm going to be a little more, I guess, pragmatic first. I use that loosely because I, I don't think that necessarily chakra stuff isn't um, pragmatic cause, and, it, and to me because it, it is practical. Um, but I, just to appeal to that more left brain side, um, let's just talk about your gut in terms of your real physical body. Everything that you eat has to go through your gut. So when we talk about nutrition, what we're really talking about, or even or diet, and I don't mean a diet, I mean your diet, what you eat. In order for that food to get into our bloodstream and get or get to wherever it is that it needs to go, your digestion has got to be working. If you have poor digestion and you eat really great, it doesn't matter that much. It doesn't mean you don't do it. Remember, do something rather than nothing. And why not have your digestion work for you or with you? I think that's better. Work with you to create the best possible health. So you're pulling the nutrients from your food that your body needs and you're actually getting it to where it needs to go. So we need a working gut. Everything affects your gut. When you are stressed, trust me, whether you're feeling it or not, you are making an impact or having a large effect on your gut. Um, and, and, and the response that you have to stress also generally has a pretty large effect on your gut, meaning there are people that are like uh, that that soothe themselves with food and then there are the people like myself that when i'm really stressed i'm not hungry at all so i'm barely eating enough either one of those usually or quite often does not contribute to good gut health therefore health just knowing that it's, it, this isn't a beat-up session. It's like, you. this is what it is. This is what's going on. And without knowledge, there is no power. And, you know, um, as we've talked about before on the show, you know, ignorance seems like it's bliss, but it really isn't. Because hitting your head against a wall over and over and over again is just painful. That's really all it is. So, gut health. So when we talk about gut health, we need the right amount of bacteria, we need the right amount of yeast, we need the right amount of, uh, we need the right environment. And sometimes this means that we need supplementation. It's in the name, supplement. It is supplementing your diet. Because a lot of the land throughout the world, definitely throughout America, is depleted or the soil is depleted of its nutrients because of what we've done farming-wise and, and growth-wise. Our food, even if you're eating the best diet for you at this time, chances are good you're not getting enough. 
supplementation, taking supplements, vitamins um, of some kind, and, and, and sometimes it's vitamins and sometimes it's not, but um, is a way for you to ensure that you're getting everything that you need. And that's very different than taking pills. I get a lot of people that um, I work with and have worked with over the years that are just frustrated with how many pills they have to take. And then when I look at what they're taking, it's supplements. And they're good supplements, which means that they're actually food or they're things found in food, not synthetic. Synthetic doesn't really matter. Your body's just going to push that back out. So if you think you're saving a buck by buying a synthetic vitamin or supplement, think again. I mean, it, it's much better for you to pay a little bit extra and actually get a good supplement, even if you take less of it. You're still supplementing. Remember, do something rather than nothing. So, and we're talking about gut health. So we're talking about the overall health of our body. I think it's a pretty good investment. Just saying. So when you're thinking about supplementation, you're not taking pills, you're not taking drugs, you know, so you can go ahead and let go of that. Um, even if you do have to take drugs, and so there's a few of those pills that you do have to take, your supplements are really supplementing your food. And, and, and the more you can put it in your mind that way, see it that way, the better off you'll be because you won't feel guilty. I think it's a weird guilt thing that we have around taking pills, yet we, many people have to. So it's like, okay, so yeah, you still have to take them. And you having guilt surrounding it or trying to find a way to talk yourself out of taking it doesn't make it go away. So, you know, it's, again, being honest when we come back to um, the sutras uh, and the yamas. So uh, so going back to digestion, I, I when digestion is working well, pretty much everything else is working well. And so... What, Where I'm coming from on this is that many people in the Western world, particularly in America, but I'm sure, and it may be all over the world, but I've, these are the people I've that worked with the most, are very disconnected from the solar plexus down. Probably because it doesn't feel good. I mean, our diet in America is pretty scary at times. And um, the amount of fast food that we have, packaged food, is ridiculous and out of this world, really. Um, you know, cooking and, and doing for yourself in your home is 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 becoming less... It feels, I guess, like it's becoming less and less of the norm. And so look at that when you're eating. But, you know, one of the things that... Uh, sorry, a little sedgeway here. One of the things I talked to my daughter about is if you cannot read and understand what it is in the ingredients, probably shouldn't be eating it. So when you look at crackers, for instance, that have an entire paragraph as to what goes into them, you need to think that through. Like how many ingredients are actually needed in a cracker? Come on. And and, and this is really common sense. And, I, you know, of course, I want my child to have some common sense. And it's like, and if you're reading... A package, so right there we're in a package, we're already questioning, um, and you can't read what the ingredients are because they're like an entire sentence in a word, um, maybe you shouldn't eat it. 
or find out what it is and decide if you want to put that in your belly. And, you know, it's interesting in asking her about food, she tends to be drawn towards organic produce because most of the produce that she likes to eat are the ones that can be quite affected by um, whether it's organic or not. Uh, and she just said it tastes better. It tastes like the food or the fruit, the vegetable. This is really what I'm talking about here. Produce. Tastes like what it's supposed to taste like. And sometimes she get, she's had big strawberries, for instance, that were not organic, and they have very little flavor. And so she feels like she's eating this entire big berry, and 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 she has the wherewithal in her in her just intuitive hit to know this isn't right. She doesn't know why other than the taste, or she can't. How about this? She can't bring it to words other than the taste. It just doesn't taste as good, mommy. Um, I I think there's more going on there. So you can also trust your gut that way or trust your 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 um taste buds when you're thinking about produce just maybe do the experiment on your own and see what you think um so when our digestion is working well everything else is working well when we are stressed our endocrine and nervous system changes which those two systems change all the other ones it's it's a domino effect and um and they shift each other. So if the hormones are shifting, the nervous system shifting, and vice versa. When we are eating correctly, we bring our endocrine system to more of a balanced state, which will only have a good effect on our nervous system. And our all the other systems, so when we think about things that go wrong, immune system, right? We're heading into that season, which is, again, why I was going to do this a little later, but it's actually perfect to do it right now in the fall at least the fall in the Pacific Northwest, could be very different if you're down under. Um, anyway, uh, it's uh, it, not only is that important, you you want to consider your um, cardiovascular system, your respiratory system. I mean, you know, one of the things uh, that I guess because I've been doing a breast practice for so long if my respiratory system is not working well, it, 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 I know that that has an impact again on all of my other systems because I, there's, there's something very freaky about that to me. I really feel for folks that suffer at times from asthma. Um, I just, that's got to be frightening. And please, if you are supposed to have an inhaler, bring it with you. Take any medication you're supposed to take because not being able to breathe is just hugely frightening. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, when you're thinking about your diet and what you're putting in your body, remember it's affecting everything else. So now, now that we've covered that, and I'll come back and forth um, into that more left brain. Uh, scientific, if you will, uh, side of this show on and off. But I would like to get into the more energetic side. Because what's interesting is that a lot of folks, when they take my chakra classes, um, they that's the, the thing they get the most out of um, is the physical 
imbalances or the locations of these chakras and that that in and of itself helps to heal and balance that chakra. So let's talk about chakras. Chakras are wheels of energy, wheels of energy that spin and vibrate. All I'm going to keep that super simple. I mean, this is a radio show. You know, we and I'm not saying we couldn't do a show that's a little more um in depth on chakras. That's not really what this show's about. This show's about trusting your gut. I'm bringing in the energetic side of that because it may very well help you to balance yours. So when we're thinking of balance in the chakras, for the sake of the show today and, and for the sake of your practice, because this intention works, I want you to think about it spinning and vibrating exactly as it needs to be in balance. That's it. You don't. I, I'm going to talk about excessive and deficient a little bit today, but it, it only to give you more of an understanding of the chakra, not so much because I want you to start diagnosing yourself. In fact, don't do that. Just don't even spend time there. Just notice what you're feeling and do what it is that you need to do to bring about balance. So the first chakra, um, okay, so if I if I haven't made it clear, the reason why I'm doing first through third chakra today is that we tend to have a disconnect going on here. And you know, we have a lot of hip problems, a lot of low back problems. But listen, even if you have neck and shoulders, what we do, what we do know is that everything in your body affects everything else. And, well, and everything you do affects everything else. And everything is connected. But let's just be in the physical body. If my feet are out of balance, my hips are out of balance, and there's no way that doesn't affect my neck and shoulders. It, that's impossible. So... When we connect with these three chakras, we automatically are going to create a better body environment. So think of it spinning and vibrating exactly as it should be. And see it however you want to see it. I am going to bring in the colors and the elements because I think that can be helpful to some of you. If you don't care about that, just discard it. It doesn't take us long. The color of the first chakra, which sits right between your sit bones, is red or black. So maybe that right now you're bringing that to mind, that it's red or it's black. Or maybe colors are a feeling to you and have that feeling. And the element is earth. So if the element is earth, I think that gives you a pretty good, I mean, just use common reasoning, common sense, common reasoning here and or, or your reasonable self. I like that. Use your reasonable self, son. Use your reasonable self. What do you think that means? What do you think earth means? It, you know, probably what comes to mind is groundedness. Um, safety for some people. The purpose of this chakra is foundation. So, okay, if that's the purpose of this chakra and this chakra is not being paid attention to, we no longer have a strong foundation. And anybody here that has lived through an earthquake, whether small or big, hopefully, you know, the smaller kind, because the big kind can cause a lot of destruction, but the smaller kind knows what it feels like to have the ground move under you and how unnerving that is. Because you think you're stable. And really, the environment underneath us isn't. It's constantly moving and in flux, just like everything else around us. 
it, it, it can be quite unnerving. So think about that when you think about the first chakra. If this chakra is out, it's like the earth is moving. Um, physical location, you know, I, I'm going to keep this super simple in that I just, or, you know, or even physical imbalances. I just really want you to feel your feet, feel your legs. Um, you're, you know, you're very right between your sit bones, the base of your spine or the, or the pelvic floor, um, at least in the backside of the pelvic floor. And you can also think about your bones, you know, and the ability to accept change is one of the things that can be difficult in this chakra. Because it's about the feeling of safety and security, like I said earlier, or trust. So I, I want you to know, I know that it's kind of, you know, a cliche term to say trust your gut. I used those three words on purpose. Trust and gut. Trust, first chakra. Second and third are going to be the gut. And I mean, I figure you probably already know that a little bit just by their physical locations. So when we have an emotional response in this chakra, it's fear. It makes sense. You know, and I mean fear in the, you know, um, in the, the, you know, infantile sense or the, um, you know, fight, or not fight or flight, the uh, life or death sense. It's, will I survive? Am I going to be safe enough to survive? Can I trust that I I'll survive. Am I secure? So, when we're thinking about feet and legs, one of the practices that I like to talk about for the first chakra is taking off your shoes and walking in the grass. Even if it's a little cold out, but feeling that moisture under your feet. Or walking across rocks, that's fine too. Sand, feeling the sensation in your feet. I also give the homework of pedicures, whether you do it yourself or somebody else does it. If you're paying attention to your toes, you're paying attention to your feet. And believe me when I say feet are not something that you want to have problems with. And those of you that have had foot problems, no. Or leg problems, where your leg's been broken. Or um, you've had a sprain or a strain where you just couldn't use a leg. Um, you know it, it doesn't feel good. So take care of your, your feet. So walking outside, noticing the trees. Um, I, I like to, many of my students know this. Actually, pretty much anyone that knows me well knows this. I love to touch trees. For me, probably a little second chakra imbalance here. Just kidding. Um, I like to touch the bigger trees because the energy is very... Um, strong to me in that um you know being sure that you are promoting digestion which is a little more second chakra but promoting digestion to the extent that you eliminate you know um on a regular basis and so let's you know when you're when we're talking about going number two um we're talking about something that should be happening not only every day but in in real good health, you know, even multiple times in a day, like twice, two or three times in a day. But you really, you should be going every day. And if you're not, it's something to look into. 
It's something to figure out why. And, you know, not, and it's not, doesn't have to be super scary. It's just look into it. Start making some changes that change that or shift that for you. So that pretty much, I mean, sums up where I'm going with the first chakra. If nothing else, I want you to feel your feet and your legs on a regular basis, even if it means self-massage, if it means putting a tennis ball under your foot, um, walking outside so that you feel, I mean, with your shoes off, so that you feel the ground. Um, all of these things are helpful to the first chakra. Um, one of the things that uh, creates can create obesity in um, the U.S. is not trusting your gut. And um, obesity doesn't feel good, um, and it it takes the body out of balance. And so when we're talking about healthy and happy, we are generally looking at ways that we can decrease obesity in the culture, but also uh, watch our own weight and where we're gaining and why we're gaining. Um, so I'm going to play a, a PSA on this subject, and then when we come back, we'll go into second and third chakra and then finally the homework for today. The new year is a time when many of us resolve to lose weight and eat healthier. But for people who are either overweight or obese, getting to a healthy weight and staying there can require a major lifestyle change. ARC Director Dr. Carolyn Clancy is here to talk about this issue. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Clancy. First, can you give us an idea of how big a problem this is? This is one of the most serious problems we face. In the United States, obesity among adults doubled between 1980 and 2004. Today, two out of three adults are considered to be overweight, and about 27% of Americans over the age of 20 are obese. Even more troubling, 17% of all children in the United States are overweight. How do you define being overweight or obese? Overweight and obesity are labels for ranges of weight that are greater than what is generally considered to be healthy for a given height. For adults, overweight and obesity ranges are determined by using weight and height to calculate a number called the body mass index or BMI. An adult who has a BMI between 25 and 29.9 is considered to be overweight. An adult with a BMI of 30 or higher is considered to be obese. What are some of the risks involved with being overweight or obese? Studies have found that being obese or overweight increases your risk of developing serious chronic illnesses, such as heart disease, high blood pressure, stroke, diabetes, and several types of cancer. Osteoarthritis, gallbladder disease, sleep apnea, respiratory impairment, and diminished mobility are also associated with obesity. What would you recommend to the growing numbers of obese individuals who are unable to lose weight on their own? The good news is that dropping even as little as 5 to 7% of body weight can make you feel better and improve your health. A Blue Ribbon Task Force shows that people can change their behavior through intensive counseling on diet and exercise. This, in turn, can produce modest weight loss for a year or more. People are also increasingly turning to surgery to lose weight. This is a very serious decision, and it's important to choose a surgeon who has a lot of experience. Dr. Clancy, do you have any advice for parents with children who are struggling with their weight? 
A new report from my agency, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, has found that along with increasing exercise and eating healthier, behavior management programs also help obese children and teens lose weight or prevent weight gain. The bottom line is that there are options for all family members. The best approach is for you to talk to your doctor to get all the information you need to help you decide what is best for you and your family. I'm Dr. Carolyn Clancy, and that's my advice for navigating the healthcare system. For more information on weight management and other health-related stories and topics, go to healthcare411.ahrq.gov. You're listening to Kimberly's Intentional Moment on blogtalkradio.com with your host, Kimberly Knauss, your spot to practice living in awareness. All right, so just to um, comment a little bit on that uh, PSA. So it's not about how people look when I'm talking about obesity. It's about all those health-related or even overweight. It's it's about those health-related issues that come from that and the unhappiness that can be associated with a body that's breaking down. Uh, and so I wanted to be very clear on that. And the other thing is, is that it is so much harder for someone who has been overweight or obese as a child in their adult years than it is for a child that was not overweight or obese and becomes overweight in adulthood. Because when we're children, we're constantly proliferating fat cells and cells in general when we all are doing that. But um, we actually increase the amount of fat cells we have in our body when we're overweight as an adolescent or younger, which means that that can be harder to um, control or be in charge of or on top of weight management. Because uh, something's already working against you. Now that doesn't mean that you can't. And I I work with lots of people who can and have. Um, it just means that when we're thinking about it as teachers, parents, uh, supporters of families, that we want to think about keeping children's weight down. And a big thing I have to say is that screen time, or um, that what my boyfriend likes to call screen time with his kids. That's television games, iPads, phones, where they're just always looking at something and getting outside of their body. It was interesting last night, a friend of mine said at dinner that when he has noticed over his life, and he's in his 60s, he has noticed that over his lifetime, when he is more engaged in television, it is because he is trying to get away from his life in some way. It is when things are, I think he used the word, this isn't a direct quote, but something like, when my life is going sideways, like it's just not, it's not working right. And then he he gets caught up in that. Now, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I'm not sure. You know, you get a little imbalance, so you start turning to the screen time, and then boom, it starts to roll out. Or, Or you, for whatever reason, started watching television again because, somebody had it on, and then your life starts to go sideways. It doesn't really matter. It's about noticing that it would be a lot better for our kids to get outside and play 
you know, right now in the fall here in the Pacific Northwest, like, you know, raking up leaves in the backyard and then jumping in them. Uh, my boyfriend often talks about that smell of soil and, you know, decomposing leaves. Um, here in the Northwest, we also have the smell of the um, Puget Sound because you can smell the seaweed and just smell the sea. And the, all of that contributes to that first chakra. So see, I have I have a way of bringing it back around. See that? See how I did that? So that's all first chakra. And when kids start, when when people start young, so in their childhood, and and engage in regular outside activity versus being in front of a screen, you're automatically going to change those numbers um, on rising obesity. Now. Let's move up into the second chakra, and you'll see how this chakra is also quite affected by or, or affects um, the rise or fall of obesity and overweightness, I guess, in our uh, world. Second chakra. Let's talk about the color. The color's orange. So remember, first chakra was red or black, and it's right between your sit bones. Second chakra is that spot I was talking about in our check-in that's halfway between your pubic bone and your navel, so right in the center of your lower abdomen. And the element is water. So again, I want you to just think about some of what we've already talked about. We talked about digestion. Okay, what's going to move things through our intestines and our colon? Water. So it makes sense that the element of this chakra is water. What's interesting, though, and I like to bring this up sooner rather than later with this chakra, is the emotional response is tears. And it's also a really good cleansing practice because what this chakra is about is cleansing and healing. It's, I call it the cleanser-healer. I'm probably not the only one that does that, but I happen to call it that. The cleanser healer. So you think of that water and you think about what goes into my gut, cleaning my body and healing my body, meaning that whatever damage is going on because of the sun or because of something that I did eat that wasn't so good or, or I was in a smoky environment or whatever, that this part of your body is, is flushing out and... Um, and giving your body the nutrition that it needs, therefore it's able to cleanse and heal. The um, more physical locations, you know, and, and imbalances is when you think about, or places where imbalance can happen, is just think about that part of your body. So we're talking about um, large intestine. We're talking about reproductive organs. We're talking about... Um, the uh, bladder, kidneys, um, and and therefore pelvis and low back. So, you know, women that have um, either uh, been in labor or have um, had any sort of physical pain or discomfort with um, menses, is, they can feel their back a lot of times when they're cramping. And... So it's interesting to think about anything in your body, whether it's, you know, your stomach or it's your bladder or whatever, it's inside your body. So it can radiate either way, that pain. I think pe women often think that cramps need to be happening in the front of 
the body when there are many women out there that are nodding their heads right now going, oh, yeah, mine's in the back. I feel my low back. Um, and that all makes sense. Uh, so the thing about the second chakra is that this is about the relationship to to digestion, to your sexual being, meaning just the gender that you are, um, and and how you feel about that part of your life, um, and uh, partnership, you know, with with other people in different ways. Um, but the second chakra, most important, the thing I think most about when I think second chakra is movement because it, it its purpose is movement and connection so if if you're moving and keeping your bowels moving so when we exercise we increase the movement in our not only our bowels but our um our digestion period same with the breathing active ujjayi breathing that'll get things moving as well um when i do a practice or when i think about a practice um, I think about the excess and deficiency of the second chakra. And I just want to give you, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to give you a couple of of those so that you can have an idea of what we're talking about when we talk about the um, energetic and emotional side of the second chakra. In excess, the second chakra can be pleasure and addiction, uh, having poor boundaries, emotional dependency, things like this. And in a deficient state, it's poor social skills, fear of change, which, you know, we also talked about in the first chakra, and it just shows you the relationship between the chakras, and can be lack of passion or excitement. So what we want is for neither one of those two sides to be happening, and it doesn't really matter whether it's excess or deficiency. You don't need to remember that as much as you just need to, oh, you know what, I'm my addicted side is coming out here. I realize that I am eating to soothe myself or or I'm pleasuring myself in whatever way that is not good for me and has poor balance. Um it, it means that this chakra is 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 wacky. Um that you're that you're not feeling any passion or excitement anymore. Ooh, you know, now we're getting into that first second chakra um area of depression or feelings of depression. Um, so it's important that we pay attention to that. So when I think about passion in life, not obsessive passion, but just passion, having an excitement for life, I think about purpose. So the homework that I give for the second chakra often um, came to me from a prior teacher of mine, um, and it is writing a personal mission statement or vision statement or both. Um, why are you here? What are you doing here? And like I told my student last night, it's like, and you can go ahead and make it up if you want. Like, I'm not really sure what my purpose is here, but I know that I really like this, or I know that this is really important to me. So this is going to be it for now. And it'll morph, you know, over time. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But knowing why you're here or what your 
purpose or play in this lifetime is automatically helps to balance this chakra out. Um, and knowing what it is and then in an appropriate way, making sure you're contributing to the world in this way. So you're listening to this place, you're using this place um, or these skills and bringing about, you know, more balance. So personal mission statement. I would like for all of you listeners to do that. Um, And let's spend the next couple of months coming back to this. Personal mission statement. Why are you here? What do you want to do while you're here? Um, I gave it in another show uh, that, you know, you might be in a job that's just either ho-hum or you might actually not like. Um, But you can't leave at this time for whatever reason or reasons. And every one of us on some level can understand that. What can you do, though? So... I've given the homework of why don't you just try or not try. Why don't you be the person who always smiles? So at your work, that's what people will come to know over the next two or three months is that you're the one that always smiles. Not a bad way to be remembered. And generally speaking, when you smile at someone, they smile back. So they're also having an endocrine and nervous system response because their mouth curled up at each edge. That in and of itself changes things into a more balanced way. So you are making a difference. So personal mission statement. Let's move on to the third chakra. Third chakra is up at your solar plexus. The uh, color here is yellow and the element is fire. Isn't that, isn't that nice? So you've got the red, orange, yellow. Or it could be black in the first chakra. Um, the purpose is vitality. And when you think about third, or when I think about third chakra, I say two things, personal power, self-love, it's very close to the love chakra. The fourth chakra is the love chakra, right in the center of your chest. So, but this other place here, this place where when you're laying down and you're breathing, you'll see it bumping up and down. Well, actually you see it all through your abdomen bumping up and down because there's a major artery that runs through there. So, I mean, there's blood flow galore going through this area. And personal power and self-love. So one of the ways that I know when I'm giving up my personal power and when you give up, or you give up your personal power, no one takes it from you. you that and, and so you might as well just let go of that because that excuse won't work with me. Um, You give it up because it's always a choice. When I give it up, I feel like somebody punched me in the solar plexus. It actually can knock the wind out of me. It can feel that intense. And so think about when you felt that or just notice if that's what you feel. You might not feel that. That's just the response that I have or the reaction I have in my third chakra when I give up personal power. So this is self-respect. This is, um, to a certain extent, willpower. And when I say that, I mean making choices for your personal power and your self-love. What's super fun about this chakra is that laughter is the emotional response. And because this chakra has to do with stomach, um, small intestine, 
spleen, pancreas, um, and of course your diaphragm. Um, but but I wanted to go back to the digestive organs. This also has to do with digestion, and sometimes you'll feel it here. Getting heartburn on a regular basis is not normal. It's not okay, and something's not agreeing with you. And taking an antacid just is bringing the acid level down in your belly. That's not necessarily what we want, nor is it is it the answer all the time. You You want to shift your diet in a way where your body isn't telling you, red flagging you, this is wrong for me. Um, and uh, and I'm, so I'm not saying that an antacid can't feel better. I'm not, I, I, what, I, what I ask you to look into is whether that is actually the right thing to do for digestion. And uh, more than that, pay attention to it because it isn't how you should normally be. Um, so, you know, anything that goes on with these areas, you know, ulcers, things like that, are showing you that the third chakra has got some some physical imbalances. The third chakra is also a place that I really like to spend a little time in the excess deficiency area. So the reason why I say that is that it, it, it can be really super clear, very easy when you're out of balance. When on one end, and I'm not even going to say excess or deficiency because I don't want you to get wrapped up in that. When uh, when you're at one end of the spectrum, I call it your red robining. Needing, you need to be right and you'll pretty much do whatever you have to do to make sure everyone in the room knows it or everyone around you knows it. And the other side is a doormat. So you can be a dictator or a doormat. That's one of the ways I describe third chakra. We don't want to be either one of those. Um, we're a collective, so being a dictator doesn't make any sense. And um, and and just overruling everyone else just because you can is is not productive. Um, and then the uh, you know being a doormat. I mean you know. Now you've got no leadership whatsoever in your own self to even take the stands that you need to take care of yourself. So there's no personal power or self-love in that. So it's, if you're if you're on either one of those sides, it's it, you want to bring yourself back to, which can just be laughing. Often when I am very stressed out um, and feel out of power, I will laugh. I'll put on a funny show. Um, I'll call a friend that I know will make me laugh um, or that we tend to laugh when we are uh, chatting, especially when we need it. Um, so you could use those things as a way for you to balance out this chakra. So for today and to end the show, because I want, I want to end on the homework I want for you to be able to start to trust your gut. So trust your gut. All three of those things. This is about you. It's about trust and it's about your gut. So take those three words and play with that. And then do a personal mission statement. Again, even if it's just for now, you're making something up that you would like to be your mission. That's okay. Somewhere to start and, and start looking back through your journals 
and seeing if there's some way to support that, um, you might you might be very surprised what you find. Um, and to live in the space of knowing that change is constant and that these three chakras get real uncomfortable with that because it feels out of as if you don't have power. And just go ahead and change anyway. Support yourself via laughter. You can cry if you need to, feeling your feet on the ground and grounding yourself um, in different ways will help support these chakras and keep you a little more centered. And if you have any questions or uh, reactions or responses, preferably responses, to the show today, I'd love for you to write uh, kimtalkradio at gmail.com. And let's continue this through the holidays and into the new year. Because in the new year, you could have your personal mission statement all written and you begin 2015 on fire. Have a wonderful week. Be well. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. And practice Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.